Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello. Welcome once again to uh, Free on the Inside Weekly Podcast. We want to thank you for being a guest once again here. Our listening audience is a guest, and we want to uh, thank you for tuning in here to our uh, weekly podcast. We pray that something has been said and done that encourage you, that empower you, that inform you that you can make a difference. We have a great guest on this morning. He's no stranger to our uh, blog talk network here. This is uh, we have Nurse Norris on on the line this morning with Positive Breathing uh, uh, and Asthma Chaser uh, program here. He's going to tell us about some upcoming events and also what we can do to intervene in the lives of someone that have asthma here. I love their little motto that they said for uh, a happy, uh, a healthy life is a happy child, and they are focusing on our young men and, and women that are dealing with asthma. So at the next voice you'll hear will be uh, uh uh, Mr. Norris with uh, Positive Breathing. Good morning, there, Mr. Norris. How you doing, sir? Good morning, Mr. Norris. How you doing? I'm doing very well. And we're Great. Welcome to the program. Again. Welcome to the program. We'll see you Thank you so much. Other, but, uh, yeah. well, but we're always going... excited to help children with special needs. Yes, a great, great. Let tell us about your program and kind of keep us up. Then, then tell us about the upcoming events that you have scheduled. Because I'm excited well, the, the about best, your, your program. The best, the, the best part about it is we get to help kids with special needs. We get to help kids with asthma, and we get to help kids breathe easy. And that's really our goal: healthy lungs, happy kids. Um, we found out that 143 kids had died in Texas from uh, asthma. And every year there are at least two fatalities in every school district in the state of Texas. So we built it. We built a program. We have an asthma bus, and we've been very active in our community, and we've been getting a lot of attention for the climate control that we've done uh, throughout North Texas, and just making sure that the families have the resources they need. And we're also working on more remediation for children with special needs and asthma. You know, I'm, I'm looking at your website here and some facts about childhood asthma that people may not be aware of that asthma uh, affects uh, uh, the, the family, often runs in the family. You know, so if someone has asthma in, the, you know, in their family, then it overlaps into another family. Yeah, often it's hereditary. And the thing about it is it's common in, um, in exercise-induced asthma, but also uh, – with that, with that uh, environmental piece, it affects a lot of kids and families because of mold, because of uh, various triggers that are within their environment that they just don't know about. Yeah. Now, now, now asthma is it a seasonal thing? Or, or tell us how, you, how about it. Because sometimes little Johnny have asthma in the summertime, but then in the winter he seems to be okay. But in springtime it pops up again. What is what triggers the asthmatic? Well. Often the triggers are seasonal, and that's why they're so apparent. But with the triggers being that apparent in various seasons, preparation can be in place. Uh, asthma action plan and the supportive service is often given just by having an asthma action plan on hand with the school nurse uh, allows them to develop strategies to avoid uh, various exacerbations just when the kids get really sick and they have to be hospitalized. But also uh, we found out that Sometimes a home evaluation needs to be done because a lot of times people's homes have um, various 
triggers, sometimes roaches, sometimes animal dander in various homes. Uh, there's certain cleaning techniques that need to be done with ventilation systems, HVAC systems, and also supportive measures within their school because there are often schools in common in Dallas that have asbestosis and just just those wet, warm environments with the previous infectors can infect child while they're going to school, they cause the triggers, and they kind of won't know, you know, child have so many missed days at school, but often it's environmental. Okay. And you said something a while ago saying uh, having an asthma prepared kit or something like that. What do you mean by that? It's, How can we be prepared? It's called an asthma action plan. Yes, uh, action the asthma plan. action plan. The asthma action plan is it's a it's a plan that's supposed to be built by the physician. But 90% of the people that have asthma don't get any education or outreach about their asthma or their disease process, and that's kind of where we fit in because we not only give the education, but we give tools. And we give tools for students in school and tools for families that empower every asthmatic. We were actually given a gift of 400 spacers, and these spacers help the child get 90 to 70% of their medication. And 90 to 70% of their medication allows them to have um, a greater shield of defense. Uh, we also provide a spacer to whoever the school nurse is. So that child will make sure that they're medicated appropriately, and we show them how to do the oral rinse. And this is all for free. The asthma spacer in the pharmacy is valued at a price of $78. Oh, it makes it unaffordable for some people. You, you know, uh, you know, as we was talking about asthma, because this is very dear to me, because I suffered with asthma as a child, and, and as I read it, your, uh, 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 if I go to your website, it says you don't outgrow asthma, but you learn to manage it, and I believe that I was taken out of certain environments, and I, I was aware of certain things that I couldn't uh, be around, because it would trigger that episode of asthma, but what's the difference in, in, in between asthma and a, and a um to say being allergic to something or having a uh, what they call it a uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry uh, yeah allergic reaction or just uh, yeah or just yeah reaction. All right, whenever they had an allergic reaction, allergic reaction causes something called an antigen antibody. So all you have to think about is a key and a lock. If they have an allergic reaction, it has to be exposure twice. Generally, every time. Um, if a person has asthma, these are the triggers that cause them to couple with whatever uh, response, which is the histamine release. But it causes it causes such a generated response that it requires a different type of medication, which is a bronchial dilator, and that's in what people call the asthma pump. And often the way it's managed, you have to find out um, what the capacity of that person's lungs are because Pathologies change, which is just like uh, if you just think of a highway or if you keep causing damage to the road, it changes. So you, a lot of times, as that don't have a problem getting air in, they just can't get it out because it changes the structure and the size of their bones. Okay. And with an allergic reaction, with an allergic reaction, it generally resolves with Benadryl or um, an EpiPen. Mm, okay. Hey, I'm getting an email right here, and Mary wants to know the difference between uh, having uh, uh, allergies and asthma. Are they the same, or are they in, are the, is there a difference? Oh, the best familiarity about them is often when we talk about triggers, people that have allergies and people that have asthma 
often have the same triggers, but the treatment is different. And that's, that's the thing in our community. Um, because I'm of the minority-based community, uh, a lot of times you'll see treatment for asthma. People use things like coffee. And uh, what coffee does is it causes a neuroadrenaline uh, response, which only resolves it for a second. If it's an allergy, generally there's a, um, a patch test, and they do a patch test to identify 50 of the most common things that they're allergic to. If it's asthma, generally it's called by that repetitive trigger. It's generally environmental, and it has to be treated in four different phases because you just don't get diagnosed with asthma. You have to have something called a pulmonary function test, and that pulmonary function test is done in a laboratory. Now, we do them in the community because um, the, the uh, CEO, her name is Shamara Norris. Again, it's Shamara Norris. Um, she's a respiratory therapist, so she, she she's allowed to do PFTs, which are pulmonary function tests, and it shows them the changes in capacity of the lung uh, with every uh, asthmatic exposure, and then it's the course treatment, which starts with um, a general bronchial dilator, a meter dose inhaler, and then it goes to corticosteroids, which are inhaled. For an allergic, for an allergy, generally it's something global. It's either um, they call it Zyrtec, or they call it uh, Loridine. Yes. Which is a legend. And it just depends. But, but that's global. You, you can't resolve um, uh, you can't resolve a, a lung at the base and they're, they're called alveoli that are closing because you only have six minutes of life without oxygen. A pill won't do that. It, it requires a, a certain type of therapy which causes bronchial dilation in the lung which allows people to breathe. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. I'm getting another text here that's saying that this is from John that's saying that do the zip code in the given area affects asthma in one area more than another? Now, I would like for you to answer okay. that. I have an idea, but I need it for the professional level. Okay, now, now that's actually that that's a prime time question, and the reason why I say that is if you hadn't put in the work, you kind of wouldn't understand what he's saying. Um, Zip codes are different because zip codes identify various population and minority groups that we spoke about before. Some yes. people have access to care. Some people have access to treatment. And that's why we created the asthma bus because the asthma bus goes to every zip code. We do education, supportive services, and case management. And we do this because we were given the opportunity to work with people who often have no voice and can't help themselves. In certain zip codes, they can't afford certain levels of treatment. So that's how you can tell how bad this disease is because it plagues that population because that population doesn't have the means. And often in those populations, you find the schools with asbestos. You find that at every nurse's office, sometimes there's over 50 children who have to use inhalers. So in certain zip codes, people are affected more, but often... Um, it's because of access to care. They don't have hospitals in the area. Um, it's also literacy. In certain zip codes, um, there's a population of people who read at a fifth to seventh grade level. So with our program, we had to integrate each piece. If you see our website, it's so transparent. It lets every person know, get help. If you need help, we help. And that's a primary thing because... 
the lungs of a child are priceless, whether you yeah. can afford it or can't. And to be honest, often we get called by CPS because some child has received um, a, a warning of medical neglect, either from a teacher or a school nurse or maybe even their provider. And sometimes if the provider reports a medical neglect, some parents don't know where to get help. So the first thing we say is get help because we don't think you should have a CPS case because someone said it's medical neglect to take your child to the ER for asthma. Mm, mm. Uh, you know, uh, this is a very sensitive subject that we're talking about because we're talking about neglect of a child and childhood asthma. Do you have any records of the the, fail, uh, the the death of a child because of related asthma illnesses because this is something that sometimes a parents say well I ain't got time I'm working late you know later on you'll be all right I go get you something later and that's a neglect but do you have records for how many kids that, uh, in the Dallas Fort Worth area that may lost their life behind asthma related illness? Um, I, we we recorded um, they have a they have a standard. Uh, they have a standard release of how many fatalities happened in every zip code in North Texas. And that's public use, but often people don't know how to look up that data. Um, if you're saying how many times uh, families have been charged by CPS for medical neglect because of that illness, that would be... No, no, just overall, illness, just overall death will cause that. Because we know this is a very serious illness here. It's life-threatening. It isn't something like a cold that you get over, you know. You, you know, so you need some medical attention when you have an asthmatic attack. Well, now, and, and that's 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 the uh, importance of asthma. And we try to stress that that it's very important that if they need help, to find help with our case management services. Since we're licensed clinicians, it will actually supplement for whatever need that's required by the authority, whether it be. CPS, turn them in, or a physician, or a medical provider, because it shows that they got case management services, they were able to get resources, and there was a resolve. And to be honest, a lot of people are prideful, and they don't know how to ask for help. Or sometimes they don't have the money. So if they have to choose between medication and food, food comes first. So we even found pantries that will give them food so we can help them get the medicine. Um, if a child misses so many days, we didn't really have to go to truancy court and let let the um, the judge know that this child had that many asthma exacerbations, and it was environmental. There were two schools that were shut down in Dallas um, because of it. Uh, South Oak Cliff High School and uh, Zumwalt had asbestosis, and going to truancy court. Fighting for a parent, a grandparent, because of a, a medical illness, we had to have the representation of the documentation, how many hospitalizations, and how the disease affected the parent. But no parent should lose their child because they had to go to the ER and get treatment. That's just not fair. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I know. I know that uh, firsthand because that I was going to school and lot younger. I remember I had friends and associates that were sick and they couldn't go to school, and the parents were being helped. Uh, you know, accountable for that because of the asthma-related illnesses and things. That, so the parents sometimes they say, well, I value my job. I just can't take out, so you go have to kind of, you know, suffer through it, you know. So I, I see what you're doing there. You're intervening on the on the behalf of the child and the parent, and I, my hat goes off to you and your organization. Now, Nurse Norris, you got some events coming up here. 
Uh, we talked about that earlier, but please share that with our listening audience so they, too, could be a part of what they're doing. And then tell someone else that so there's a, a program out here that could help them and meet their needs regarding asthma. Oh, I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. What's most important is we want to make sure that they know if your child doesn't have a spacer, that we have uh, pediatric spacers and adult spacers. If you have a family member possibly that has COPD and they need that equipment, we can help them too. But we're, as much as we like to help, we realize that without more support or without more donations, you know, our resources have a limitation. So they gave us 400 and we make sure that each school nurse that has an asthmatic, we provide them with that spacer. And in the pharmacy, it's worth $75. Um, also, for the pediatric clients, we make sure that if it's at an apartment complex or if it's at a community event, that they get the spacer at zero cost. Also, we make sure at our event, not only do we do the screening, but we do a, a education. So when you have this literature, we make sure the doctor has a copy of it and the school nurse does. And the best part about it, it makes the doctor accountable because it, it means he's measured by another clinician. And often, if there's additional things that are needed, that nurse can actually say, hey, this child sought help, and we have a clinical diagnostic. And that diagnostic is good for um, 48 months, actually 24 months and they're supposed to do a pulmonary function screening on every child with asthma. So it kind of gets you over that that cover, that blanket of bronchitis because they either do or don't have asthma with this diagnostic test. Oh, that's good. Now, now you're saying the space. Now, exactly what is that, and how how do you go about using that? Because you say you have some available. Give us an insight on that. So give personal uh, idea of what they can expect if they receive one of those, if they even hear about it. Okay. If they get the spacer, if they become part of our spacer program, it allows them to work with the clinician, at least a respiratory therapist, a nurse practitioner, or a registered nurse. They get the okay. spacer, and what it does is it makes sure that, that yellow or blue or red inhaler has the, has the attachment piece to make sure that they get 80% of the medication. Once they get the 80% of the medication, they don't have to be at risk for different types of infections that are fungal and in the throat. And also, we make sure that the school nurses communicated with that every time this child gets their medication, they get a minimum of 70 to 90% of it. And that supportive measure means when they have that exacerbation or when they're preparing to play any athletic sport 15 minutes before and they use their inhaler, that they were medicated appropriately and at the maximum capacity. And it increases literacy, not only at the home, but also at school, and it's a supportive measure. If you go up to a pharmacist at Walmart or Walgreens and you ask for a spacer, it's a minimum of $75 or $49, and we don't want a penny. But if if a donation is given, we'll take it. And on our website, you, all, you have the ability to give a donation because often it's not about helping ourselves, but the people who are behind us who don't know or need it and don't have access to it. Oh, that's great. And then uh, give us your website uh, information. So someone that listen to it can follow up on this. It's going to be www.positivebreathing.org. Again, www.positivebreathing.org. And if you just Google positive breathing, or if you can't even spell that, put in asthma chasers. 
It'll lead you to our website. It'll show you the asthma bus. So when we come out or when we have our screening, we'll be screening at least 250 participants at the Kwanzaa Fest, and we'll do a follow-up with them with their school nurses. So they have access to that diagnostic, and that diagnostic is transparent, and it communicates to the doctor what the true need is. Now, now, when you're doing your screening and, and your asthmatic evaluation, are you uh, at a school? Cause I know you you uh, you uh, set up to help uh, children. Now, how do now? What's your next screening is going to be at in Western, and how will someone be involved in something like that? The biggest one is going to be at the Kwanzaa Fest. It's going to be uh, a big community one. We do it every year, but okay. often um, in certain zip codes, like the gentleman said, a lot of kids get sick in schools. And in a lot of zip codes in uh, Dallas and in North Texas, a lot of kids die, and they die in the back of an ambulance. So at that school, if a nurse said, I have 75 asthmatics, then we, we pick the site that has the most need. We'd like to do it for everybody, but with more donations, more support, and more community awareness, we'll be able to do that. We've been doing it for eight years. We don't plan on stopping because we want to help those who can't help themselves and we want to be the people's champion. Oh, that's great. That's great. Now, tell us something here. Uh, John wants to know, you got, uh, the cultural effects of asthma. Is it more uh, for one particular culture than other, or uh, is it overall? Have y'all given a... Uh, no. Uh, yeah. The thing about asthma, it affects every people group because we all have lungs. But often treatment is, is not um, deviated because of the zip code or location but it is in certain minority groups. Um, we, we did something called Asthma Speaks. And the reason why we did that, it was basically a community survey of what community or what people group was affected the most. And it was primarily blacks and Hispanics. Um, and of the, of the uh, Caucasian population, they were affected also. But it's generally one in every 11th or 9th child or okay. 11th or 9th person. But with a lot of the blacks, if you have to, if you don't have access to the doctor, if they don't have access to the medication, if the child literacy is is um, dependent on someone who who reads at a fifth grade level, they're just going to take the medicine and leave. They're not going to understand. Maybe we need to look at his lungs again. Maybe more medication isn't the solution. We've seen people over-medicate their children with uh, corticosteroids, and they've had teeth fall out. Mm. So literacy is a big deal, and that's why we try to inform and empower as much as possible with our, with our education outreach. Oh, that is so – oh, that's awesome now. That's awesome. Now, uh, uh, just for my own comfort now, I, what can we do as, as, as people, as, as parents, to kind of – Help control our asthma and at the house here because sometimes I want to smoke. Sometimes I want I, I want to use a heavy incense in the house. What is up? Let talk to us about those things there because somebody said, "Well, I, I, this is what I always do." And if you know, go in the back room and you'll be okay. A child's lung doesn't fully develop until age eight, so it's not okay. And, and, you know, it's a responsibility. And within that responsibility, we're all accountable. 
And the thing about it is new laws are coming out in certain uh, housing complexes that won't even allow them to smoke cigarettes in the house because they they see that secondhand smoke affects asthma, asthmatics and it's a trigger. So if a child continuously gets sicker and they do a home evaluation, then they penalize the adult. And sitting in the back room really doesn't work, and often there has to be a clear line, and the lines have to be drawn of the distance between a smoker and an asthmatic because there is something called status asthmatic where the children have asthma attacks and they have to, um, you have to break the asthma attack with a, um, a norepinephrine, and it has to be done like in a clinical setting. So you don't want that child to have an asthma attack that won't stop. Yes. And you don't want to hear a child beg for air because everybody deserves to breathe easy. Oh, that is so true. Now, now, uh, you know, they have another deal that's been out for a few years with the uh, with the uh, uh, the liquid smoke or the uh, uh, the uh, e-cigarettes. You know, they seem to put out a lot of real heavy smoke, but then they dissipate. Have y'all done any research on that regarding asthma and asthma-related illnesses? Uh, generally, it's it's um, the way it emulates the stimulus. It's it's an immediate effect, so it primarily harms the smoker um, before the vapors hit the hit the air. But if if it's a trigger and it causes a trigger, it can affect the environment. So whatever the trigger that causes someone's asthma environmentally, it can trigger it. But primarily, yeah. it affects the smoker first. Yeah, and and I know some of the e cigarettes have uh, are they heavily incented. So if a person is get triggered by incense or, or perfume or cologne or something, that can also trigger the asthmatic episode in them, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Because sometimes people say, "Well, it's harmless," and but we don't. I don't know what it is because I don't know the long term effects of the e cigarettes. But I'm glad that you're able to give us some insight on that. Now, we have a call on the line here. We have a, a brother, Daniels, here. He's our co-host. He may, uh, may want to say hello to you. Good morning, brother Daniels. You're on the net with North Norris with Positive Breathing and the Asthma Chasers. I love that part. I like that. Do, do you like any comments regarding what we talked about? Hello, sir. How are you? Uh, I got a question I want to ask you. Uh how many cases that uh, start off in a, in childhood and uh, later on go on to adult lives? I, mean, you, I know you've been talking about childhood, you know, but how many cases, you know, that basically go on further on in the life, you know? Or you say, so I know they say sometimes that the 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 condition uh, decreases or increases. So basically, how many people do have you noticed that that when they get older, they still have asthma? Uh, the thing about asthma is, since they say it's pathological, um, whenever I talk about the pathology of it, I just tell everybody to think about it in a state. There's certain exits that they they go on and off. 
and a lot of times structurally they'll say that it stays, but it's actually if they're around the exacerbation, and some people have exercise-induced asthma. So a lot of times if you don't have that test that we talked about, the pulmonary function test, you truly don't know what the capacity that your lungs have once you were diagnosed with asthma, and that's actually the national standard. People don't ask for um, that test. They generally just ask for more medicine. That's why we inform and we empower. Generally, by the time they reach the adulthood, they expect them to be educated enough to know what their triggers are, what the environment is, and how to manage it. But that's not often true. That's why um, a lot of disabilities with COPD occur because they kind of never found out what is it that makes me not be able to breathe. What is my trigger? So they have something called a patch test. The patch test lets mm-hmm. you know if it is allergy or asthma, but the pulmonary function test lets them know if there's a restructuring in the development of the lungs. But there's an easy way to say If you've ever been on an elevator, they have a sign. It says this is a limit. It's the same way with your lungs. It has a limited capacity. If you put it under traumatic circumstances, it limits the function. Structure equals function. If you limit the structure, if you limit the function, then you have debilitation and disability. Great question, Brother Daniel. Great question. Nurse Norris, now you have made mention of COPD several times. We always, uh, uh, at least it's referred to adults that have been smoking. Are you saying that that affects a child also? Because I've never heard of it as being in a child. Is that something that changed from asthma and then as you become an adult, you know, you change the name? Or what is that? How is that related to childhood asthmatic and adults asthmatic? Uh, before we talk about something called NDIs, that is a metal dose inhaler, but we just call it asthma pump in our community. But with that metal dose inhaler, it causes the bronchial dilation. Uh, the bronchial dilation that, that helps with the metal dose inhaler, there are different types of inhalers. Each inhaler has its own purpose, whether it's a yellow, a blue, or a red. And yes. sometimes there's a purple. With those inhalers, they cause bronchial dilation, but at different levels and at different times. The cortical steroids work on a long term, so you have to take those for a while. Sometimes people uh, inhale the powder out of their inhaler. So what that does is that, that gives them a shield or coat of barrier. If it's yellow or blue, it's a rescue inhaler. And if it's red, it's um, intermixed of a, a bronchial dilator and a cortical steroid. And there's, very, there's proair. There's different types of inhalers, but to, to be prescribed that inhaler, we have to know what your lung capacity is. With COPD years, often they've had, they've had some structural damage because of sometimes exposure. That's the expect. Often, um, as you said, chronic, chronic smoking uh, causes a restructuring of the lungs because, as I said, structure is always equal to function whether it's self-induced or whether it's environmentally. But we found out that a lot of COPD patients neglect their health so they don't have certain tools. And if our spacer helps an adult, we want to help that adult because it also helps our community. And it makes one person help another, which enlightens and empowers that person because they may not know about the asthma chasers. They may have never heard about the asthma bus. You know, there's a difference in good intentions and making sure that you follow through with good means. And that's what we want to do. So if me helping a COPD patient 
becomes an asthmatic, then that person deserves that help. And we make sure that, you know, we pay it forward one to the other because it can be that person who saves the next life. And this is what we've chosen to do with our one and only life while we're under the stars. So we want to make it count. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I, I, you know, that's part of our mission. We say help change your life. By us informing someone that there's help available, you change your life. To let them know that they don't have to be overly concerned about about a medical needs concerning asthma, you change your life. So, you know, so I love that. I love what you're saying there. I can apply that to my life. And that's the purpose of our program is to let people know that things are available because guess what? Someone is suffering from asthma right now, you know, Someone has suffered through asthma uh, sometime this week. And they may have said, I don't know what to do. The resources are uh, is not available. But you let giving them hope. And your, uh, and your program and your organization said, hey, let us see what we could do to assist your need. You, you said earlier that y'all are limited. But we know that all things are possible if they apply themselves. Because sometimes you may not have the resources right there, but something may come through that say, okay, we just got a grant. We got a thousand in hellos now. You can't rat on time. We would love to hear that. And if you want to donate, go to our website. We always ask that you donate every dollar, every penny counts. And the reason why we started saying it is because we didn't know that certain groups just don't have resources. So I know I put 200,000 miles on my personal car. I know that I've been to over 200 schools in Dallas ISD. But the real, realistic point of it is, is that child's life really matters at that primary point because I've been to a funeral of a third grader who died from asthma in the back of an ambulance. And children shouldn't die from asthma. Ch- children shouldn't be taken by CPS from asthma. And the reason why I said that CPS piece is because we've taught at CPS. We've had to teach the CPS workers how to help them with resources. We've had to go to Midlothian and teach the CPS workers. We've had to go off of Samuel and teach the CPS workers. We get a call by CPS four times a month to help families. And my thing is, why call on a family that may not even be literate? If you fall victim to hunger versus medicine, go to the website and find a way to help. And if it's not you, I'm excited. But help the next person. Every donation does that. Oh, oh, oh. Give us that website again, and we we get ready to end this interview. Cause we want to thank you. Cause we gonna bring you back. Cause you know we talked to you earlier, but this should be an ongoing conversation. Because asthma is an ongoing event, and we need to be more informed and more uh, empowered to take charge of our health and the, and our the health of our family and young men. Because our young people, they're the next generation, you know. So we need to make sure that they're in good health, so they can take care of us. Cause well, let's face it, Nurse Norris, one day, man, you're not gonna be able to do what we do. But we pray that we did enough for somebody else to keep it going. You know, when you're no longer able to put so many miles on your vehicle, when you're unable to <laughs> do the things you used to do, you want someone else to step up and not to abuse it but to use it properly. You know, where you lay a foundation where someone else can build on it. And so give us that information. So let's, let's empower the next generation about this asthma-related uh, occurrence. Thank you so much. Please, brother, if you just type in on Google, 
asthma chasers, it'll come up. But if you go to positivebreathing.org, you'll actually get to see what took eight years to build. And it's a fully functional clinical vehicle. It looks like a game truck, and it says asthma chasers on it. And we wanted it to look like our children. We wanted it to look like our community. And it does. And we go to we go to rec centers, we go to churches, we go to schools, and we've been doing it consistently, consistent for eight years. So anything you can do to support, we always request that you do that. If you have a story that can promote it or pass it along, if you have a church event that can promote it or pass it along, and like this gentleman said, if you come across that grant or that funding, think about that child, that family that your hands can't reach. But you wish you could do something about with the people that do the asthma chasers. Thank you for your time. Oh, that's great. That's great. Now, one other note here. Now, how many young people have you helped this year, just this year alone? Do you have those numbers off the top of your head? Or, or just let us know this mm-hmm. is for real. This is a this is a, a, a program that definitely meeting the needs of uh, young men and women. Uh, during the summer, we did something called Champs Camp. And we did chance camps with the hospital parkway, and it measured um, 12 to 10 clinical sites, and we reached a minimum of 3,000 3, children. But that's not the children and families, but that was just the 3,000 children. We did additional singular events called All About Asthma, and what we did was we went to the apartment complex. Each apartment complex that we went to had 612, and we, we let all the parents know that we would have the event, and a lot of mothers came, and we had maybe 50 participants. We did four different classes, and we did it at, at five different apartment complexes. And we do coloring events just to kind of um, let the kids with the after-school programs also participate in it. And we also did um, a few summer camps uh, at Thurgood. So we make sure that we hug on a lot of people don't have access to certain things. And there was one thing I didn't say, and I'm sorry to take up so much time, but if your child has eczema, that's ectopic asthma. And a lot of our children have that, and it's, it's, it's explained away because a parent had it, like the gentleman said before. But ectopic asthma kind of lets you know how bad the environment is and how that would affect the asthma. Oh, that, you know what? This is very informative. I wish we could go on and on, but we're gonna say this here for uh, for our next interview. Now, you got a couple events coming up here. Uh, you said over Kwanzaa. You got that one. Is that the last one for the year, or is that another one scheduled? We got only a couple more uh, months that, left in this that's year. That's our primary one for the year because of access, and we have the most volunteers and participants, and having a nurse practitioner on site and a physician on site allows you to communicate with the case manager and clinicians so you just don't have a piece of paper. You have a diagnostic test that you're going to give to your nurse. She's going to communicate to your doctor. So before he writes that next prescription, he has the way, what is the cost? What is the value? The value inclines because you have four fingers, four clinicians with his resource on hand. So it makes him more accountable and just not another prescription writer because our children have to have the best. And another prescription is awesome, but the best treatment is really the goal. Oh, that's awesome. Now, uh, uh, now, uh, now someone just emailed me, and they want to know, 
how many events have you put on this here year? Because they want to be in on the next ones and stuff. So, uh, do I, so this year here, how many events have you been a part of? Uh, this year, it's actually been 15 because even though we did the Champs Camps, we did um, four additional events with uh, the Life School Network. And they're, um, they're a charter network. And their charter base has seven schools. And then we did uh, Waco. And Waco has a, a public health department that works with community health workers. So we were able to reach out with them. But in certain counties, um, they're, they're more affected by TB than uh, asthma. So okay. we just made sure that we made the asthma resources available. But total throughout the year, it was 15. And we did some small events. But we feel like if we reach that population, you never know where that scatter will go. And that's they scatter because every person has 200 contacts in their phone. So if they get to help that person that we can reach and they let them know a lot of resources, it's, it actually has a big impact. But total, it was uh, 15, but the, the uh, summer camps were 12. Okay, okay, that's great. And let you know that this is, you know, this is real. This is serious here. We want to thank you for what you're doing. We have Brother Daniel there. He might want to ask you one more question, and then we're going to end this interview. Brother Daniel, do you have anything for Nurse Norris? No, no. It was a very informative show, and I'm glad to have him here today. And I'd like to say uh, we welcome you back to come back and have more issues. Uh, uh, I thank uh there needs to be a little bit more research of, uh, what's that, a PDD? PDD? Um, no, yeah, the COPD. PPD? Are you saying PPD? No, he's saying the COPD. He just want more information on that. But uh, that's so. But thank you for informing us, though, Nurse Norris there. And you know what? We're going to continue this line of conversation uh, for the upcoming year because it's very important to you, and it's important to me, and it should be important to all of us because you know, we all want to breathe. You know, the, the air and the allergy that affects a child affects an adult. And so it's a progressive thing. It's something that affects all of us. And we want to thank you for uh, bringing it to our attention. We want to thank you, you and your organization, for what you're doing and for your mobile van here. I have a picture of it on our website here. It's a beautiful van there. So when people see that van, they can uh, they can relate, uh, they can connect this interview along with that uh, with that uh, with the van. Also. Uh, we pray that everything goes well with you and the program over at the uh, Rugby Festival, and we know that's a, uh, a and that's a great event. It's held yearly, and we're glad to see you a part of it because you definitely can meet the masses there and inform more people. I thank you for helping change a life in Jesus' name, not thank your you. name, but in Jesus' name, which makes all Amen. things possible. Amen. And we have Amen. a second unit. When we get enough donations, we'll be able to wrap that unit and activate that one up. So. All right, all right. Well, we're looking forward to uh, uh, interviewing you regarding that second unit there and see how God is expanding you and your wife and your ministry and, and your program. So we want to thank you. And remember, uh, before we let you go, we want to make sure that people got this information because if they they reach out to me, I'm say it was on the website. Uh, give us that, that the contact number and phone number if you're available, if it's available. On, on Facebook, we're Positive um, Breathing Organization. Our website is www.positivebreathing.org. 
if you just Google asthma chasers, we have a second website. But if you need um, if you need those services immediately, or if you didn't want transparency and you say, hey, I need to get the CPS case closed, I don't know how to help my kid. Call four six nine two four five seven nine nine four. That's four six nine two four five seven nine nine four. And we'll get a therapist. We'll schedule a meeting. We'll make sure you have the supportive services. If your equipment is broke or damaged, uh, you're generally eligible uh, for new equipment from a DME company at no cost. All right. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. You enjoy the balance of your day, and I'm excited about what you do. I may try to make my way over to the Runway Festival just to see the van in person, you know, because I know a lot going on. But God bless you. Thank you for what you're doing. And I definitely want you to come back and share some more information regarding asthma and what we can do to manage this here in our lives and in the, in in the lives of our family and our community. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your time, and you all have a wonderful day. All right, God bless you. Oh, man, what a great interview that we had there with uh, Nurse Norris there. Amen. Uh, with asthma chase of positive breathing. He gave us a great interview. He gave us a lot of information, and we're looking forward to seeing him over at the Arambe Festival that's coming up in, I believe it's in the month of December, over at the State Fair if they hadn't changed the location. But we'll give you more information on that. And, you know, Nurse Norris, he's no stranger to our program. He's over here. Uh, 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 some time ago, I think this is maybe his third time on here, and yeah, but you know, because this what he's doing, it, it, it's a, it, it's something that needs to be addressed on a regular basis here, because through all the construction they're doing, the way the atmosphere is changing, you know, we just it, it, uh, here in Dallas. And in, in uh, Dallas County, it done rained in Texas. It done rained for about two months. They said this is the most rain it had in quite a while. And you know what? That triggered asthma because of the damn condition. That triggered asthma. When it gets so hot, that triggered asthma because of your lungs get dry. You know, and, you know, and when it's dusty, that triggers asthma because it's dust and pollen in the air. So why, you can't escape this thing here. You can't escape it. So, but he gave us some information that that could be helpful and useful. And so when we have uh, someone in our family that's suffering from asthma, we would have some information we could use. I love that part there. He says that for healthy lungs is a happy child. I love that because it's a happy adult. Also, it, it, you know, less stress on the family. It's more peace and comfort. But we have to take these matters into our own hand. We talked about e-cigarette. That is more, it, it, it's more uh, 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 dangerous to the smoker than the user, but then they still do some research on it. So we need to be aware and, and be mindful of our environment and our surroundings. Brother Daniel, man, thank you for your uh, your question uh, presented to Nurse Norris. Norris, man, we thank you, man. We thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to be here today, Reverend Lewis. And by the way, how are you doing today? I'm doing real good. I'm doing real good. Uh, it's been a while since we had a guest on the program because I'm working. And you know what? They wanted me to work this weekend. I said, I can't do it. I got stuff to do. So, uh, I thank God for the opportunity to, to work and and be uh, uh, be able to take care of my family thing, but also we have ministry that we're trying to do, and we do it to the best of our ability. Sometimes things don't work out, but so what? This is God's business. God said, "Don't worry about it. I just told you to get up 
and call him up, and I'll do the rest of it, you know. So he's our program director. Mm-hmm. So if I said something out of uh, that don't sound right, I ain't worried about it because God is going to do the editing. He's a, he got that editing machine that, uh, in heaven. So when people hear it, they say, wow, that sounds okay. That made sense, you know. So we just thank God for it. <laughs> but thank you, man, for call- Thank you for being a part of the program. Yeah, I'm glad to be here today. You know, we had a few people that uh, text us an email regarding some questions for uh, for the for the nurse, Nurse Nord, uh, Norris, and so people were wanting to know something about some asthma. And so what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass that on to him and let him ask answer the questions in a professional level. Some people want to know about the, the zip code. I think we brought that up and about the e-cigarettes, things that, that we're familiar with, Ricky. Because, you know, we, if we're in an environment and these people are smoking these e-cigarettes, we don't know what to do. Man, it's, it smells good, but it just don't look right. It's, un, it's unnatural for right now. So we have to be mindful of those things. Uh, you got to smell? Yeah, yeah. You know, they got it incident. Some of them smell like oh, coconut, pine oil, mm-hmm. strawberries. You know, yeah, they, they heavily incense it. So you can buy it with a flavor. Uh, I know that. <laughs> yeah, I know I just my job. I we got this little smoking section outside the job with all these people that smoke. They get it. They put them out in one area. Yeah, and, uh, the job's I, a this, uh, I just yeah. started seeing this big puff of smoke. All of a sudden, I said, "Man, what is that?" And I said, "Well, yeah. it's e-cigarettes. Like, e-cigarettes. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, and they got." Start looking at them. They got them in uh, different sizes now. They used to have them real big. Now they got little, uh, little mini, yeah, mini <laughs> cigarettes. Yeah, and, and you know, I've seen the uh, uh, the liquid, uh, the e-cigarettes. You know, because it comes in a liquid form, and I I refer to it as being liquid gold, man. Because most of us seen them kind of like a, a amber or bright, uh, you know, brown color, maybe the color of brass, and it's and I think of it as being gold, liquid gold. And so the creators yeah. of those things and the suppliers of those things, they're making money because a lot of people are smoking, and I don't know the price of them, but. Uh, and I would like to get involved in something like that, but I don't want to be involved in in, in hurting people and, and bringing death in people. You know, and they're making money, man. But the consequences of it, man, you 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 may be destroying someone's life, man. You may be causing cancer. You may be causing a brain uh, 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 disease or something. We don't know the outcome of e-cigarettes. And then you know, so if you got involved in something like that, you may be contributing to, you know, to. Uh, the uh, uh, bad condition of someone, put it that way, poor health. And so, you yeah, know, uh, I like to know the main thing I like to know is uh, who uh, who sponsors these e-cigarettes. Uh, you know, like uh, when you have the tobacco companies, and you know, like it's a government regulated thing, and a lot of these tobacco companies have lobbyists that lobby. In the Congress and all of the for their views and their rights uh, and the control of the situation that they have, and you know, like like uh, when you look at it, we have a crop like uh, tobacco. Tobacco was one of the first crops that you know our people did when we were in slavery. You know, we you know, we picked cotton and we did tobacco. You know. 
And so basically, I look at it, we mostly, we made a lot of these people in America rich off of us. Yeah. Yeah, of course we, yeah. yeah. That's the culture of it, and that's and, the history of it, so, yeah. And, and so it when it, it, as the time went on, you know, like as time went on, you know, they started having these, uh, uh, these studies, and they started figuring out that uh, there's something wrong with smoking. Uh, you know, at first it used to be glamorous. You know, in Hollywood, you know, you used to see all these stars smoking cigarettes on the movies and they'd be smoking and, and and the women be smoking too, you know, you know, a long time ago you know, a woman wouldn't be seen smoking out in the public like that. She used to go somewhere yeah. high. Yeah. yeah. That's advertising, and, man. They want everything to look bad. Just like smoking and driving cars or wearing clothes. It's a marketing scheme now. So we have to be mindful. Yeah. But brother Daniel, man, we got a few minutes before we get out of here, man. You know what? I I did something this week, man, that I hadn't done in, in about six months a uh, year. I went out and voted, man. You know, well, this is early voting here in, in Dallas County throughout the country, so give man. Me a, I cast my give, vote. Give me, a, give, me, give me a little information on what's, what are we voting on for wait, wait. Uh, November this sucker. Well, well, well if, you go and look at the, oh, if you go and look at the... All the uh the voters in the different precincts. We we voting on on the uh on the district judges for the state of Texas, we voting on senators, we also having a uh 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 not not a mayor election, but we vote voting on propositions. You know, they got more school bonds to South. A lot of uh, uh, the elections are local, but some of them are national. Like our senators, man. We voting on senators, man. We vote, we voting on judges, man. We voting on precinct judges. And so, it, you know, you just have to kind of look at the list and, and just see where what, what affects you and your family to know how to cast your vote. I'm not going to tell you how to cast your vote, and I'm not going to tell you how I cast my vote, but it's important for us to vote. To let our voices be heard. Because, man, there's a lot of stuff going on, man. Some people like to say it's because of this, it's because of that. But maybe it's because of me and you. Maybe we're the cause of this, man, because we didn't cast our vote. I could blame this person. I could blame that person. But maybe it's me. Maybe it's my fault. Because I neglected the things that were valuable, the things that were needed, man. Maybe it was my fault. And so I can't say that just because of this person, it's happened. I can't. But I can say because of maybe I didn't vote. The reason these things happen, so I didn't vote because it don't make a difference. You're right. You didn't vote because it didn't make a difference. You were right on that. If you was to vote, maybe it'll make a difference. And sometimes we don't get what we vote for, but we did voice our opinion. And opinion weighs something. It, it's valuable, man. It has weight. I'm, I'm go with it because that's what we elected, but I don't, I don't agree with it. But I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to do it uh, because that's what's, what we voted on, but I'm going to make sure that my voice is being heard and I'm being properly represented in different areas and facets of life. So it's important to vote. It's important for me to vote. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, now you worked in the school district for quite a while. You know that the school district, at various times, they had, uh, did they have voting machines at where you was going to school at? You had to tell them where you was working at, but did they have a, a, a voting pool, a voting booth at the school that you was working at when you was working in the school district? Yeah, that was kind of like my job to make sure this man had his, had his little setup, 
You got to eat the polls open up at 7 o'clock a.m. And they close at 7 o'clock p.m. Now, when you was uh, doing that, was there a lot of activity that a lot of people come out and vote? It was kind of like, you know, uh, only a few people. What was the what was the kind of the mindset and the traffic at the vote poll when you was well, uh, working in the school district? Well, I, I have seen it. I worked in the shop for about 33 years now, 33 years. So the the best turnout I ever saw was uh, during a Bill Clinton election when a lot of people voted. Um, some on the caucus nights when they had a lot of people coming in. And uh, sometimes you see they have voting, you wouldn't see no more than about 15 or 20 people coming in. Oh, early you know, voting. Now, now, not just regular voting. Early voting, no, really, really? like uh, early voting, is mostly at the at the uh, centers, community centers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can early vote down at the precinct or at the community centers. Yeah, but on basically on 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 election day, you know, it all depends on the weather too. Sometimes real rainy weather, there's not too much turnout on because people don't want to get out in the rain and go vote. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of times the lines are long, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I say now, uh, you know, brother, that this is a uh, a time that the elections are very, uh, uh, let's put it, let's say it this way. This is a time that we need to be very mindful of the uh, the people that's in office and the uh, and the election that's coming up. Cause so your vote can make a difference. Your vote will make a difference, whether you vote or not. It's gonna make a difference. And so it's time for us to just kind of put our feet to the pedal, as they say, and, and let our voices be heard. You know, because there's a lot of things going on right now, and so we need to be very mindful that we too can make a difference. Amen. So, so enough said about that. Okay, I want you to gotta vote before uh, why early voted. That way, you can just walk right in, and do your thing, and get on out of there. But we got a couple of minutes before we get out of here, man. Uh, thank you for being uh, uh, lending your voice to the program. We pray that you've been informed by what you heard today. That you that you're able to go out and share it with someone else to let them know that there's help available regarding uh, childhood asthma. Let them know that the Politic Breathing Organization and the Asthma Chaser Van is available to meet their needs. To tell them to go to that website and see where the next location will be, and where they can uh, and they can be a part of it. Take their family and they and their friends that have families and go over there and get evaluated, get some help. Yes. Brother Daniel, we finna get out of here, brother. You got a minute? What you got up for? In one minute, tell me what you got up for today. Well, today we're going to basically just pray the Lord. <laughs> that's all I can do today. You know what I mean? Okay, that's good enough. That's good enough. Yeah. I tell you what. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you very much, brother. And we're going to get on out of here, man. We pray that that, uh, that you enjoy the balance of your day. We pray that what you do, him change your life. 
in Jesus' name. We want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to, to a great episode of Free on the Inside. Reasonable great because you was here. You was a part of the program here. We want to be, be thankful for you trying to uh, seeing enough value in this program to continue to listen to it and to tell someone about it. I ask you to go back and listen to this program again. And let's see what God is saying to you regarding this program here. As we get ready to go, we never leave this setting without having a word of prayer. Gracious and Heavenly Father, thank you, dear Lord. We thank you for what we today. We thank you for Nurse Norris and his program, his organization, Positive Breathing, dear Lord, how he have a mobile unit, dear Lord, the asthma chaser, where they, where they go to various places and schools and, and uh, community centers or whatever the cause may be to inform people about asthma, dear Lord. Dear Lord, we know that all things come from above. We know that wisdom come from above, but we know that you work through the hands of your people, dear Lord. Let what they do, dear Lord, make a difference in the lives of your people. Let the next generation hold fast to what they're learning, pass it on, dear Lord. Dear Lord, allow them to help change the life. We thank you for Brother Daniel. We thank you for all our listening audience, dear Lord, that's a part of this program, dear Lord, and keep them safe and sound and keep them uh, informed, keep a hedge of protection around them, dear Lord, until we meet again. We pray this things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You're listening to mm-hmm. Free on the Inside with a co-host, Brother Richard Daniel, myself, Minister Lewis. Enjoy the balance of your day. We're going to close out with a little jazz, Christian jazz music, so enjoy, kick back, and talk with you later. Inside with Minister Lewis, a weekly internet podcast each Saturday morning from 8 to 9. I guess this morning was Nurse Norris with the Positive Breathing. We look forward to another great episode. Looking forward to you being a guest on the program. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might that we meet again in the name of Jesus. Amen.